Hey guys, welcome back to the 210 Feet Podcast. Uh, once again, joined by my co-host, Robbie Knight. And kind of just start things off, Robbie. Uh, you recently just returned from a trip in Seattle where you were able to experience your first ever MLS game, your first ever Sanders game. Uh, do you just want to kind of walk us through that experience and how it was? It was, it was a tremendous time. Um, I spent what was it, Sunday through Thursday in the beautiful, tremendous city of Seattle. Um, I went to a couple baseball games. It's pretty okay. And then <laughs> Wednesday night, I made uh, – well, actually, they're right next to each other, so it's not like I made some big trip um, yeah. to Lumen Field to watch the Sounders uh, play against CF Montreal. Um, first time we have played against them since 2019. Okay. Uh because you know Canada and borders and stuff yeah yeah and so it was it was a good experience we lost 2-1 even though Jordan Morris scored a massive goal uh like his what was his fourth heady goal in at least recent memory um in the third minute yeah yeah Um, wasn't early in the game yeah third minute it happened I mean the only what really was maybe only one of three actual chances we had in the entire in the entire match and so that was yeah you know a bit disappointing because we didn't look like we were able to pass or anything um and montreal actually looked really good i think that was maybe the best they've ever seen a team play away at lumen which is kind of yeah. sad that then i gotta watch it but also um i don't know it was a cool environment um, yeah for sure really happy i went it was fun. And then we were doing ourselves uh, yesterday. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, Got a big win. I think it, it's it's good. On the road at Toronto yesterday, 2-0, if I'm correct. Correct, correct. That's, Toronto, that's a good win for Seattle. I'm just say it. it was a massive win for us. If we could yeah. win both games, we would be sitting like tied with us right in now. The West. You'd be tied yeah. with us at third right now. Because we're sitting at okay. third. We we're you finally caught up on games. We're after we play tonight, we'll have a game up on you. We play Minnesota tonight. Uh, RSL is historically bad playing on Sundays, so I'm kind of nervous about it, but also kind of excited about it. Uh, I'm also hoping I might be getting down to a game, actually, again when we play Dallas on uh, July 23rd, I believe. I might be going down with either some of my friends or my family, and I'm so hyped for that because, I, I mean, I get to see Jesus Ferreira, Paul Ariola. That I, f- I feel like that would just be a really, really good game. And there's fireworks after because of Utah celebrating Pioneer oh. Day. So I'd get kind of there a double. Go. Yeah, so hopefully that um, actually ends up happening. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can talk about the MLS a little bit more because I yeah, think yeah. there's – is there a match going on right now as we record? No, not yet. Yeah, we're um, recording Sunday about 2. Uh, first match today – there's a lot of matches today, most of them night. First is actually RSL, and it starts at 6. But um, I guess we could talk about yesterday. You know, we went into Toronto 2 0. Toronto does not look good at all. Yeah, like that, no. I think, was the first Toronto match I've watched this year. Um, and there is nothing, no redeeming factors on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're... we went in with our maybe even C squad. Yeah. In all honesty. Yeah. We left four starters at home and the rest of our like typical starting 11 was either on the bench or just not even in the country and yeah. he still went in and absolutely dominated for 90 minutes um and they looked bad Very like, there bad, was yeah. no part of that game where i thought toronto had any sort of chance um they maybe had two chances to score the entire the entire thing yeah that's crazy um they just they did not look good i don't think Insigne will help them at all yeah. because they just lack anything. Yeah, they they have they have a young squad too. I feel like Bob Bradley, uh, he realized too much on his son Michael Bradley to kind of control the game. And Michael Bradley's gotten older. Obviously, when he was first brought into Toronto, uh, back when they were winning MLS Cups and they were like one of the best teams of all time with Giovinco. We played them. We played them. Three, three out of four years, three years in a row in the MLS Cup final. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry. I mean, this just is some... a match between two teams that you would think historically have been great. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But Toronto, Toronto is not. Yeah, exactly. 
Sorry, there's just a moth flying around my room right now. I just noticed, and you keep not looking. quite. I know, not quite sure how that thing got in here. Anyways, we'll continue on. Uh, right now, DC United sitting at the bottom of the league, uh, for the Supporter Shield race, and LAFC is sitting at the top by quite a bit. Currently, the West, per usual, is kind of more, kind of more stronger than the East. Uh, Montreal's in front on top of the East with 29 points and LAFC is on top of the West with 36 points followed by Austin FC and RSL. So right now, who do you see? Do you see anyone? Do you think anyone's going to be able to catch up to LAFC at, for the supporter shield race? Or do you think they kind of already have it locked up, especially with Chiellini and Gareth Bale yet to make their appearance, their first appearance? I, okay. This is going to sound very like more <laughs> go team. But if we can, if the Sounders can get healthy again, yeah. Um, I mean, Brian Spencer 100% should be coach of the year. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind. If we can make the playoffs, if we can host a home playoff game, he should be coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there's there's times you'll walk into a match and just question what he's doing and tactically, like, why is this the lineup? And I think we did that last year when we played Austin away with what was basically our, like, academy lineup. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we did that last night too, but I just, you can't ever question him because he always seems to be right. I yeah, think for sure. Brian Spencer just makes things happen out of thin air. Yeah. Um, I, I really think, so we have a game in hand against LAFC. We are 10 uh-huh. points back. If the math, if I can count, uh, um, uh, and this six, is coming out of seven points back, seven points back. But they they lost last night at ten. No wait. There you're sitting. You're sitting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. We're we're seven points back. Are still seven you're points seven back. Points about back. It. Uh, yeah, you guys are ten points back. I think, and especially all things considered, where this first half of the season we had so many other things going on, the fact <laughs> yeah. that we were able to, we're sitting halfway through the season, fourth in the West. Yeah, that's, by, that's pretty kind of a considerable margin and we're only 10 points outside of the supporter shield race um where we're getting into a run where i think we have winnable matches because if you yeah. look at our next if you just look at our next three um i mean we have portland at home which is a match that we should win Portland not um, very good this year they're not very well i mean they're just outside the playoffs right now yeah true true the fan energy is going to be there it's always there for portland. yeah um it's Cascadia. It's at home. We're revealing our CCL banner. Um, that's going to be an insane <laughs> yeah, match. That'll be a we crazy didn't play match. Nashville away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which honestly is a match that I'm not looking forward to because yeah, Nashville's scary. Nashville, especially away in their brand new stadium, it's crazy there. Absolutely, Nashville to me just pulls things again. Pulls things out of thin air randomly. <laughs> And um, it's also on a it's also a midweek game on a Wednesday. So you'll travel midweek to Nashville and then have to travel back to Chicago that next Saturday. Which Chicago well, should be a winnable match, but it should be, but especially after Cascadia on Saturday. Yeah, I don't it, think that we're gonna be I think that'll be another youth lineup like we saw against Toronto last night. Yeah. Um it, but you know, we did it against Austin. I think we can do it against Nashville, and then we play Chicago away, which other than Selena. There's, I mean, that team's, they're, they're not in a great position right now. Um, mm-hmm. They are, what, second? I mean, they're second bottom in the East. I believe they are, yeah, that's, I mean, they're in the bottom four in the league, the whole. I just, I think that we're kind of coming up to a run of games and a run of form where we, we can make something happen. And I'll be, yeah, for sure. After we play Chicago, we play, in the four matches after Chicago, we play <laughs> LAFC, Dallas, oh, yeah. and Atlanta. Um, I I still think there's that possibility, yeah, for us to go on a run, and I still think we can do it. I still think the supporter shield is kind of within reach, especially when you yeah, look yeah, at the yeah. fact that we have only lost since May. Where am I looking here? Since we fell out of the U.S. Open Cup. Um, which was a week after the Champions League, we have yeah. only lost 
I believe, two matches. Jeez, yeah. Yes. We've only lost two matches since we dropped out of the U.S. Open Cup. And that was against Colorado away, um, which was kind of in a weird point mm-hmm. of time for us. Yeah, yeah. For and sure. then it was against Montreal where we just got outplayed. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that I, I still think that we have an opportunity. I think yeah, we yeah, are yeah. the only team in the West other than LAFC that really still has a real shot at chasing down Spurs. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I see RSL almost has an easier stretch of games coming up. We play Colorado, uh, Kansas City, and San Jose in three of our next five games. And there are all the three worst teams in the West. I know exactly. So we have all that. Obviously, August gets more difficult for us, but it, that's in July. And along with that, Austin FC is shown to be really strong. They have uh, Jerusi, who is obviously an MVP candidate this year. Would not be Absolutely. surprised if he takes it home. So I feel like the race of the Supporter Shield is going to go to a team in the West, unless the only team I feel like I could really win it. In the East is Montreal. Obviously, they have the two New York teams behind them, sitting behind them, and both of them are also very well as along uh, doing very good along with Philadelphia. But overall, I think it's going to go to a team in the West. I right as of right now, I it's hard for me to see someone taking over LAFC, especially with Gareth Bell and Keeley yeah, coming in. So. But I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting once we get towards the end of the year, along with uh, a lot of club uh, teams preparing for the their send their players to the world cup as well so that could kind of cause some i don't know drama i would like- say for montreal three out of the next four matches are at home against kansas city at home against toronto and away against dc united and i think that is a stretch where you can they can easily get nine points they should yeah, get nine points they should they should um any playoff team should get nine points yeah um <laughs> So we're at least seven. Um, so actually, I think they may have a chance, but they yeah. are in kind of the same. They they're in the same gap that Real Salt Lake is right now. Yeah. Um, and so I just I don't know, but you guys have a game less right now. Yeah. You could just be, what is that? Four points back on the same amount of games. Yeah. It should be. It's gonna be interesting. Obviously, if we can win it, I would. Oh, I'd go nuts because the past few years have not been that great. Even though we made it to the semifinals last year, just like the regular season was not too great for us in general. But I, yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. And well, I guess after this weekend, I feel like the race is gonna be a lot tighter than it has been, especially after well, this next coming midweeks get mid midweek slate of right. games. Well, yeah. and especially because everybody's kind of more level on matches now because we have like yeah. four matches on everybody else exactly. at one point. Now um, it's starting to become I more will even. You guys. I, I will be real. I think, I mean, I look at the seven playoff teams in the West right now. There's LAFC, there's Austin, there's you guys, there's Real Salt Lake, yep. Seattle, Dallas, Nashville, and Galaxy. You are kind of the one team and i say this as respectful as i can <laughs> you're kind of the one team that lacks like that one that one player. star player i know that yeah. one star player there's just there's not a star player on rsl after yeah Rusnak left Demir there's not Kyle really that one game-changing guy because yeah. lafc has like 40 of them Austin <laughs> has to see as you said we have our entire roster Dallas has areola <laughs> and ferrera um Nashville yeah. has you know Walker Zimmerman I guess is kind of the honey Mukhtar, honey Mukhtar. yeah they have they have a lot of different pieces and then the Galaxy are going to do whatever the Galaxy want to do with Chicharito so, I will be honest I will hand it to you guys that's that's pretty impressive yeah kind of a lack of that one star player yeah that's why I'm interesting this summer window as it's approaching and kind of in it uh that's what we there we have currently all three of our DP spots are filled and but we can really uh we have Soverino, we just acquired him uh crazy right winger he's gonna help us quite a bit obviously he's he's still we're still lacking that one star player that big name player which it's kind of hard to bring those players into salt lake as you've seen with like the utah jazz and things like that but we we're we could be able to buy down two of our dps and uh opens up two other dp spots and if we can bring in that name uh 
what we're really lacking right now is that number nine. We have Bobby Wood, Sir, uh, Sergio Cordova, and Rubio. We have like we have like Anderson Julio, Rubio Rubin. We have like four number nines, but none of them like are making that big difference and none of them are scoring goals. Justin Gladder, center back has just as many goals as two of our forwards, which that's not usually how it should be, but it shows that we've been been able to find ways to score either way. But if we can bring in that number nine or even that number 10, uh, I feel like that will really make a difference. Even though our, our so like three of our four defenders are academy prospects and have come from the academy, Justin Glad, Aaron Herrera, and Andrew Brody. And that's kind of how RSL develops their roster and how kind of how they have won championships in the past. It hasn't been off of these big names. So I, I, I'm interested to see how this summer window goes for us as well. I mean, yeah, I think I agree. But I mean, at some point you have 20 goals, which is tied with LA for the least out of the seven playoff teams. Yeah, currently. exactly. Um, that is pretty low in the West. There's only three teams with less than 20 goals, Colorado, Sporting KC, and Vancouver. Um, and so at some point, you know, you have to, in order to win games, you have to score goals. Yeah, um, for sure. So I think if you guys can get, if RSL can get, you know, some more goal production, Bobby Wood, I think it's kind of in the downhill slide of his career. Yeah, yeah, no, I um, I think if you can find if they can find goal production somewhere, I yeah. think that they can really cheer up that, that third spot. Yeah, no, hopefully that's something that can happen. Uh, now kind of moving away from MLS, just very quickly, let's, I want to I kind of talk about this, but the US U-20 national team won their semifinal game against Honduras, 3-0, right, if I'm correct, and we yep. will be heading to the uh, CONCACAF U-20 championship game to face the Dominican Republic, right? Uh, yes, which is kind of crazy, but we, with that win, we have secured a spot in the next Olympic games, which is something we have yet to do since the 2008 cycle. So this is very bright for the, it shows that the U S men's national team has a very bright future ahead of them. Are you 20? This wasn't even our full, full strength U 20 team as well. No, Like not even near it. Like the players that are going to be eligible for the 2024 Olympics are, that I, I, it's really right for the United States. Where your, what are your thoughts me, on that? Okay, it's been so long since we've been last to the Olympics. Let me find yeah. what I'm looking for. The last match we played in the Olympics was against Nigeria on August thirteenth, yeah. two thousand. Yeah, um, two thousand eight. Let me list some of the players in that match. Uh, yeah, I Brad Guzan. He was overage. Um, Marisa Du, who now works for Fox and everybody else. Stu yeah. Holden, who now works for Fox. Um, Sasha Kleshton, is that how you say that? Kleshton. Kleshton, he but plays he was, for the, the Red Galaxy Bulls. Now. Yeah, he, went, he played for the uh, Red Bulls Josie, for a while. Josie Altidore. Um, Michael Bradley. It's kind of the extent of the big names on that roster. Was it Freddie Adu? was not the last match. Okay. He might have been That's on the crazy. roster. He was not in our third match. That's crazy. But we can take a team to the 2024 Olympics, which is, I think it's U23, and then you get yeah. three over the players. I think so. Something like that. We can take a team of just U20. This is just U23 players with no, none of the three exceptions. We can take a team complaining or containing Gaga Salina, Joe Scout, Brian Reynolds, uh, Busso from Venzina, uh, Yunus Musa, Cole Bassett, Gio Ram, Malik Tillman, uh, Conrad De La Fuente, Kevin Paredes, Matthew Hobb, Ricardo Pepe, all are going to be under 23 in 2024. That's crazy which I think just shows the depth of this youth pool. And I yeah. think the future is even brighter coming up. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Because that is an absurd amount <laughs> of just... Yeah, half of those players talk. already have first-team experience. Correct. Correct. I mean, we could take a starting 11 that looks something like, you know, something that we used in a World Cup qualifier. 
with yeah. Felicic and Peppy and and Reina and McKinney and Musa. And I mean, that is yeah, I'm not sure that's something that a lot of other countries can say. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's pretty. That's pretty insane. That that our future is that. I feel like that shows how bright our future is. I feel like that shows how how much. Uh, obviously, MLS MLS next tournament has been going on for the all the academy teams. U fifteen, U sixteen, U seventeen, U eighteen, and U nineteen. Uh, all of those championships are coming up or have just took place. And I was watching the Real Salt Lake U fifteen championship game yesterday against Inter Miami, and it's crazy to see how much the uh these united states academies have grown to develop these players and how fc dallas put on this tournament and to showcase the talent that is coming up and it i I, it's just crazy to uh, it makes me super excited for how bright the future is for the us mnt i know i mean just the depth the fact that we were out of thousands yeah i don't know how many teams in the past three world cup qualifying cycles we were the fifth youngest That's crazy. team in the past three qualifying cycles to attempt to qualify. And I yeah. think this is a team that looks so much different than the, the group that failed to qualify in 2017. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's only what, Polisic and maybe two or three other holdovers. Yeah, 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 for sure. Were even like considered for Trinidad. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think there's that depth that's there. Um, or at least it will be by 2026. Right now, there is a lot yeah. of depth in some positions as we talk about in a moment. Um, but I think the future is bright. I think we just the the long list of competitions that we will be able to compete in in the next four years is absurd. We will now be locked in for certain to two straight Olympics. That's uh, we will now be locked in for certain to two straight World Cups. And I think this is an opportunity where we should not miss. I know those tournaments for the first year. We'll sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I think this is this is like the old generation, Landon Donovan, I, I, like those types of players, right? That's that's what a lot of Americans have been stuck on for the past few years, and uh, this transitional generation. I feel like we're t- finally starting to establish something that we can, like, say. Like, I, I don't know. Obviously, we're, we're about to go through our predictions for the roster slash what we think the roster should be for this 2022 World Cup. On, And I feel like a lot of these players in this World Cup cycle have yet to, like, se- secure a spot permanently. But I feel like a lot of the players are starting to finally become holds in the national team. By, by the 2026 World Cup wins here, I feel like, we're get, I feel like that's going to be the peak of this national team. I think so. I think, I think we have a future. Like I think, twenty twenty six. I think twenty twenty yeah. or yeah, twenty twenty six is probably right in that range where Pulisic will be close to his prime, um, or even in the middle of it. I think yeah. Gio Reyna will be close to that, um, starting to just come around the bend. Yeah, for um, sure. And and we'll have so much young talent that. It'll just be absurd. Yeah, and all of these U twenty players like Diego Luna and uh, Aaronson, and yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy. So speaking of that, I see we hop right into our rosters for the twenty twenty two World Cup. Um, it's obviously been expanded to a twenty six man roster. So we each on our own time kind of took the time to look through and predict slash make the roster that we think would be so. Let's just start off with goalkeepers and kind of work our way out from defenders, midfielders, forwards. So, uh, obviously, there's most likely going to be three goalkeepers that um, we end up taking to the World Cup. Who were your three goalkeepers? Um, okay. Matt Turner, no doubt. Yes. Um, I think he'll start most every match. I don't know. Um. Okay, and this is where I think it 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 kind of depends on what happens in the next couple of months. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna say right now you go with the three that you took into this last window. I think mm-hmm. you go Sean Johnson and I think you go Ethan Horvath because they're both going to be getting first team minutes wherever they are. Um, next season, Horvath yeah. has now been moved to Lutton Town, I believe. Um, yeah, from 
Nottingham Forest. He'll get first team minutes there. I think that changes if Zach Steffen finds some form. I think um, I think he's if he moves away from Man City. To, finds, I think you know. I think he's projected time. to go on loan to Middlesbrough actually, which was just recently. It's not confirmed yet, but I could see that happening. And that kind of my my three goalkeepers are Matt Turner, uh, Zach Steffen, and Sean Johnson. I think I think Steffen is going to be there no matter what. And if he goes on loan to Middlesbrough, like reports are saying, I think yeah. it's, he will. It will be secured because he will be getting first team minutes. I think so. I think I, so. I would be hesitant if he stays at City because he's he's played what like nine games for City, uh, and not a lot. Yeah, not a something lot. something like that. So I would be concerned. I think that. Uh, I think the U.S. are going to end up taking him no matter what, but I would be a little nervous to take him if he's not getting the minutes, but if he ends up moving to Middlesbrough, then that's a very positive thing for this United States team. I think that's a positive thing for him as uh, as his career develops. So my three keepers are, yeah, Matt Turner, who I think will get most of the playing time unless Stefan returns to form like he was uh before he moved and then Sean yeah. Johnson Sean Johnson's just been really solid uh I think I think, I think he so. has almost locked up his place with Brad Kazami injured and if Zach yeah. Steffen moves that makes me think a little bit that makes me think he has a better chance but the fact that in the past season he had maybe a combined Okay, what that's four plus two. So he maybe had to combine seven, eight matches at City. Yeah. Um the season before he had like 13. I just I don't he has to get more match time. He has to yeah. get more playing time. He has to move from city if I think if he moves from city, I think he's locked in. But right now, if I'm loading 26 guys onto a plane to Qatar, he's not making it. Yeah, fair enough. That's a fair point. I agree. Uh, he has the talent. He just doesn't have the playing time. And well, a lot of what being a goalkeeper is is getting those reps. And if you don't have those reps, it's hard to get back into the rhythm of the game, especially on the world stage. So it, <laughs> it should be interesting. The goalkeeper, I, I yeah, it's it's going to be – I feel like that's one of the main topics of conversation, that along with the number nine. But as I of right now – the only two starting <clears throat> positions where we have any questions. Yeah, no, for sure. Those are – yeah. So uh, my depth chart, I have Turner, then Stefan, then Sean Johnson. And that's what I have penned in right now. I think that uh, it should be interesting. Those who, that's who I see going on the plane to Qatar as of right now. But we'll see what Greg Berhalter decides and what the, how much playing time each of the players get. All right, so let's move on to the center back situation. And, or how many defenders did you put on your roster in total? I don't even know how many defenders. I broke it down by position. Yeah. So I guess we can start with the center backs. Okay. I had, I had eight defenders total, four center backs I'm taking. I had, uh, as, as starters, I don't know if this will be starters. I know Zimmerman has a spot secured as a starter. I have Zimmerman yeah. as one of the center backs and Aaron Long as the other center back. Uh, okay. And sitting behind them, I have Chris Richards and uh, CCV. So uh, that, that's kind of what I have. It, it was kind of hard. The center back position, we haven't had as much depth since Jedi Robinson got hurt, right? So Yeah. But I know Zimmerman's going to be there. Aaron Long, I feel like it's going to be there no matter what. I just don't know who's going to necessarily start alongside Zimmerman yet but yeah those are those are my four center backs I think yeah I mean I would like personally if John Brooks were to like fill a position get a call up have a conversation about that I don't necessarily think he will yeah Um, especially with me I guess kind of by default to have then Zimmerman and Long as my two starters yeah. Um, and I think then you also take CCV. And who was the other person that you had? Chris Richards. Yeah. I mean, there's no one else. You've yeah. kind of hit the bottom. I mean, the there's, pool. you could take Eric Palmer, Eric Palmer Brown EPB, but he did not have the greatest of showing in the last US Men's National Team camp. So he's played well for his club team, but I don't think that 
he I think he's still young. I don't think he's secured a spot yet. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers is still young. He's 24. He's been getting playing time um, at, if I'm correct, at Celtic. And he had a great season at Celtic. I don't know if he'll start yet. But between Long, Richards, and CCV, I think the starting spot is still up for grabs. But I, those are the four players that I see on the plane to Qatar in the center back position. I think so. And then I think the second center back is just between Long and CCV. I don't think yeah. Chris Richards is going to be starting against Wales. Right. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's move over to right back. Obviously, Serginho Dest should be the starter. Uh, mm-hmm. Plays for Barcelona, has the most experience. Uh, is that who you had as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's who absolutely. should be. And behind him, else. yeah, behind him, I had DeAndre Yedlin, who is currently with Inter Miami, and that's um, who I have I backing him up. It's either him or Cannon. Like, I had Reggie Cannon on the left, actually. I put him behind Robinson okay. on the left. So I still have him. Reggie Cannon can play either side, I feel like. I feel like his stronger think, side is the left, but... Okay. I feel like, yeah. I think you take... That's what I had, is you take both of them. Yeah. I think Yedlin's kind of more of a toss-up as to, uh-huh. do you want... Like, I feel like he's more just a filler sort of position. Yeah, no. For, I don't think he's going to play a lot. I don't think he's going to play. I think he's more... Like, he's just an extra body. So, yeah, I think if you sure. do them, do you want to take, like, three – do you want to take – you want to take Cannon, um, <laughs> Cannon and Yedlin and – like, I think it's just how many people do you yeah. want to take. Yes, you could also because throw – If you don't take Eric. Yedlin, you could take somebody else up front. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. So I think I th- because I don't think Yedlin's going to get any playing time. I think you could also throw someone like EPP Eric Palmer Brown in there because he could play outside back or center back. So, but I think yeah. I see I see Yedlin. He's been kind of around the U.S. for a while. I think he can be that leader in the locker room. I think Berhalter's going to bring him mainly for that reason, and he 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 could also play the six or the eight in the midfield. Like he's not. I don't feel like outside backs where he's. I, it's just he's just kind of filled play. He might play five minutes at the end of each game if he gets any playing time at all. But yeah, so I, I guess our Robinson, Cannon, and then Dest and Yedlin. I feel like Reggie Cannon's going to be there uh, as a backup outside. I think back. so. But overall, I have Robinson, Dest as my starters for this U.S. men's national team. Right. Okay. Now I feel like this is where we are not going to agree as much. Uh, kind of moving up towards the midfield. Uh, I, I'm taking uh, eight midfielders. So I have my starting, I feel like we'll agree on the starting MMA, Musa, McKinney, and Adams. No? I, okay. I think it depends on what formation you decide to go with. Yeah, this is... Because I almost am thinking if you go 4-3-3 and like... Greg has sometimes you take that guy in the middle of the midfield, you bring him back, yeah. which is then normally Adams. You can do mm-hmm. that. I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying yeah. to I was trying to figure out my justification. I think that's what you go with. Is Musa McKinney Adams? Or you move Musa McKinney Adams, or you put you kind of corner it yeah so that you have either Reyna or Aronson behind the, the nine yeah um and you basically you drop you kind of make it a weird triangle where yeah, you yeah, have yeah, yeah. Aronson or Reyna it's, up front it, just it behind was, whoever the nine is uh-huh. and then you like drop Adams back with McKinney there in the middle yeah it was it was kind of hard for me to go through this because I'm like we've seen Aronson recently play in the midfield and then also like where his normal position has been on the wing. So that's hard for me. I'm like, where do I pencil an errands? And I ended up putting him up top, like on the, in the forward group. But so I had, and I kept Adams, Musa McKinney. I think Aronson is able to drop in. And I think same thing as Reyna is able to drop in, but I had, I'll just continue going through my midfielders. So I had Musa McKinney and Adams um, as my three midfielders. And then behind them, I had Acosta. Uh, Kellen Acosta, he's been a central piece. I think he's going to be a – he's still a leader for this team. He's I I feel like he's going to be on the plane to Qatar no matter what, not necessarily starting or anything. Um, 
De La Torre, I feel like, has in the last window, uh, Luca De La Torre has locked himself into this roster. I feel like he will be there. And I had Jordi Mahalovic actually as another midfielder because he, he uh, the way he's been playing with Montreal right now is I, I feel like it's hard for that to go unnoticed. And I feel like so I had those three. Uh, those three behind them, and then along with that, and then this load, I had Christian Rodan and James Sands as my other two. I can, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, the only question for me is Mihalovic because I don't, I mean, he hasn't played enough in the past yeah, month, I don't think he's played at all. Um, and so he hasn't really been in any U.S. camp, I think he has to be in the September camp. And yeah, he has to play no, matches sure. leading into the September camp. And he hasn't but, played since, what, the end of May um, because mm-hmm. of injuries. So I think, I mean, he's he's got to get playing time leading yeah, in. Well, he's not someone that's going to just, I think there are some guys, like, I mean, Roldan doesn't have to be called up in September and he can still plug in and, yeah. and go to Qatar. I don't think Mihalovic is in that position. Do, do you think, if you, because you don't have Mihalovic, right? Correct. Okay, would you would you just take away one of the midfielders, or would you replace him with a different midfielder, or would I think you, you take like, him out? I just do, I don't think you feel you that take spot. him out, and you do you fill a different spot like in the forwards, like Jeray, the person so. like Ricardo Pepe, because I don't have I Ricardo so. Pepe on my roster. I don't. Or, well, I feel like twenty six leaves you with more spots than needed. Yeah, like, I think then it's just who do you want on the plane for vibes, which I yeah. think is then why you have Christian Roldan going. I have Christian. Um, I yeah, take I do too. I think you take Ricardo Pepe if he can find a little bit of form, just because yeah. if he can lead into the World Cup with like, let's say four goals in mm-hmm. a season so far, I think if you can just have him in form, I mean, there's no That's there's no true. harm taking him on instead of Mihalovic who hasn't played, um, and who isn't used to kind of the U.S. camp. That's true. That's just Ricardo Pepe has struggled so much at Osberg recently. I feel like it's hard to, it's hard to take him. Like as much as you want to take him, I I that's where I was struggling. I don't have him on this roster at all. And I feel like it was his spot to lose uh in the camp this spring. And I feel like he has lost the spot because it's also like but also on the other hand, this we still have the September camp and the number nine spot, as much as we think it's secured with Ferreira, I feel like it's honestly still wide open. I, I don't have him on this roster, but I feel like Ricardo Pepe by by the end of this next September camp will be could drop up onto the roster for me. But as of right now, I don't feel like he is on the roster. I think I mean I think he can fill that spot. I think it's then do you want to take four number nines? Because yeah. I could see a possibility where you take Ferreira, Pifak, Pepe, and Haji Wright. I don't think yeah. that's out of the question right now. Which that's then true. leaves you with the opportunity to maybe play one of them on the wing if you yeah, feel yeah. like it. If that really tickles your fancy, I don't think <laughs> none of them are playing ahead of Pulisic on the left. I don't think, yeah. I mean, you could play Pulisic in the center, but... But that's not where he thrives. Pulisic thrives more on the left. You're right. Um, on the right, I think Wea right. has kind of locked that spot down. So that's um, Gio Reyna. If G- I have Gio Reyna on the wing, actually. I think he can play Gio Reyna outside. But I, th- I also think he can drop into that uh, number 10 role. I, think I have he him and go- Aronson as just generic forward. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I don't to, think well. that they're necessarily going to commit to either side yeah, or in no, the middle. Sure. I think you I just Ray- kind of put them wherever you feel like it. I have Reyna and Aronson both – I, that's how I have them as well. Both up, I have them as forwards because I think I think Reyna's going to start no matter what if he can get healthy, obviously. And then Aronson as well so he can play so many different positions. And then I had Ferreira, uh, Wea, and Ariola. I think Ariola makes this team because of his current form uh, with Dallas as well. And I think I Ferreira, the midfield, Ariola. Yes, I had him as one of the seven midfielders. Okay. I think I think he can I think he could go either way to kind of like Aronson. I don't think he'll play on the wing, but I feel like he's also. This was this is very interesting because like there's so many pieces that you can move around and play in different positions, you know. So like, 
my I have I'm taking one, two, three, four, seven forwards. And I I Ferreira as my starter up top. Uh, and I think it's his spot to lose at this point. But then that brings in a question. Do you bring in players like Haji Wright, who don't have as much experience? And after the comments Greg Berhalter made about him not taking his chances, again, I was it against El Salvador. I think. Mm, I think it was before. I think it was he... before. Uruguay. That or Grenada. Grenada. That would make sense. One of the one of those games. Yeah, but he made uh Greg Berhalter made comments. It's, saying that was frustrating when he doesn't take those chances and it doesn't leave him out of the roster necessarily, but it definitely impacts the decision making. And I don't have that's Haji Wright on my roster Greg right now. Is just, that's one of the only times Greg has ever really just come out and yeah. said, like blatantly, not attack the player, but like let his feelings known about a player. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. With the whole John Brooks thing, he's never really come out and said what the problem is. But with, with Wright, like he... 100% just left it all out there. I know. Um, I have eight forwards, which Kay. I think there's Did an you... opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think I'm committed to eight forwards. Because you I didn't bring Mahalovich. Because I didn't bring Mahalovich. So I have seven midfielders. So then that's another forward. Down. Yeah, yeah. I think the question. So I have. <sighs> I, I have Jordan I think Morris. You bring... as well. I. Okay. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. I think Jordan Morris should be on the play. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Figure out if, I think it's either you take two of either you take Ricardo Pepe, Haji Wright, or Jordan Morris. You can't have all three. You can only have two of the three. And I think it's really just comes down to whoever is in form. See, I, I only I have Morris. I don't, I only have Morris out of those three players. I don't have Ricardo Pepe or Haji Wright because I'm bringing Mahovic. That's my thing. Uh, that's where that's where it gets a little confusing. I have Morris because I feel like he can, as you've seen multiple games this year, he can almost be Absolutely. like that super super sub type player. When you need a goal, he can get his head on the ball and put it in the back of the net in the last ten minutes or so. I don't think he's going to be a starter by any means, but I feel like he no. should be on the roster playing either behind Pulisic. Like he's going to be more like I think you just take rolled on for the vibes. Yeah, I think you take Jordan Morris for production. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I mean, I'm I'm as big of a Jordan Morris fanboy as they come. Yeah. I don't necessarily know how he fits into this roster because yeah. I think that I want either Pepe or Wright to be on that plane. Yeah. And I think I also want Jordan Morris. And I'm running out of like I'm at 26 <laughs> yeah. right now. I think you. I think it comes down to either do you want Ricardo Pepe? Do you want Wright? I think it's whoever has scored the most by November 1st. Uh, yeah, but it's a lane. Mm-hmm. Jordan Morris takes the other spot. Like, yeah. and you put Jordan Morris. I honestly, I texted you this on, on Wednesday. <laughs> like, Jordan Morris, I'm telling you now, he should be our number nine. Like I feel like you could throw him in the Ferreira. I, right now. I don't. I don't feel like he should be the starting number nine by any means. I feel like it's Ferreira's spot to lose right now. But I, I that's so. just yeah. I, I, that'll be interesting to see Morris. I feel like c- thrives it with the U.S. Men's National Team coming off the bench. That's it. I think so. That's where I he thrives. He is the first option to. So you have. I think we both kind of agree. You put three up front. You yeah. Put the number nine, and then you have the two wings. And and I think right now that's probably Ferrer in the middle, Ballistic on the left, Blair on the right. I yeah. think I don't think you bring a left wing back up. I don't think you bring a white right wing back up. I think you then use the pool of just extra forwards that you of have. Areola, and I think Aaron the Sid. first one to come off the bench is Morris. Jordan Morris. Yeah. I think ahead of Aaronson? either Reyna or Aronson, whichever one doesn't start, I think you take him. I think Gio Reyna is going to be starting no matter what, though. You I would think. think. So. There's some delusional people on USMNT Twitter who are like, yeah, no, Gio Reyna should not even be, like, on the plane. Have you seen Have oh. you seen his run against Mexico? I, I feel like that he has a higher – Beautiful. Yeah, I, I feel like he has a higher ceiling than Christian Pulisic. I'm also a Gio Reyna fanboy, just yeah. like I'm a Jordan War. I think you <laughs> yeah. know this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think – I think you like Jordan Morris. You pop him in for twenty minutes at the end of the match, and you try and just run everything through. 
Like yeah. you get that big old forehead on the ball <laughs> and you put it in the back of the net and like- he can do it because he has had, he had a headed goal against El Salvador that I lost my mind at. He had yeah, a headed goal awesome. against Montreal uh, on Wednesday. He had a headed goal against yeah. Kansas City last weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there was another one in that run that I might have missed. <laughs> yeah. But in the past month, he's had like four. And my man should 110% be on the plane. I yeah. just don't know if he goes ahead of Haju Wright or Ricardo Pepe. That's my only holdup. Okay. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like uh, the next person behind Moars to come off the bench in the midfield is Luca De La Torre. Can we talk about him for a sec? I've become kind of like a Luca De La Torre fanboy kind of because like almost because he plays like how I played when I played soccer. Uh, he His cross to Pulisic in the game against El Salvador, that was beautiful. And De La Torre, like he, he doesn't take crap. I feel like he can come on in the, even like the 60th minute, play the last three minutes, see it out. And I feel like after this past window, he's secured his spot on the roster. I wonder, do you have him on your roster at all? Because I, I see, okay. Because I see him, uh, I see him as a very important part of this team currently. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I just really begin to like De La Torre. Well, I mean, it's understandable. I think he brings We've seen him definitely come in kind of like Jordan Morris, except instead of scoring goals, he helps create the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think there are maybe – I think Acosta might end up being with Roldan as just like vibes on yeah. this team. Yeah. But I don't think De La Torre will be. I think De La Torre will get minutes. I think Greg seems to do also have the same affinity for him that you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, I guess, good for your hopes of him being yeah, starting sure. 11 or making big minutes. I don't think um, he'll start, but I think... I don't think he'll start. But I think I think he has kind of proved himself over the last little bit. He is getting a transfer, isn't he, from the Netherlands, or am I getting him confused with someone else? Uh, he, is, he was playing for a second-tier German team. Oh, okay, my bad. And I, I don't know... How have I... He was. I don't know. Is he? Is he getting a transfer? I'm trying to see. Oh yeah. Let me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. He is with Hercules in the second tier in the Netherlands. Netherlands, and he's he's probably going to be transferred later this summer, is what I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I I don't know. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, interested, I'm interested to see where he'll end up this summer. Uh, hopefully in a better team, uh, you would think. But I also want well, him to I continue that, to get minutes. Correct. I think that, and this is the thing, because last night on ESPN Plus, they were showing the TSN Canadian broadcast of the Sounders match. And yeah. at halftime, they had their big Canadian national team report. And they kind of in the end said it's probably in Canada's roster, it's probably going to come down to they want everybody to be in a spot where they're in the starting 11 getting constant first team minutes. Yeah. And if you're not, you're probably not going to be on the plane yeah, if you're on the bubble. Sure. I think that is how this team's going to work as well. I mean, like, there's some places where maybe, you know, if you aren't getting solid first team minutes, you still are probably going to be on the plane. I think because mm-hmm. this roster, has so many different moving parts where you can, you know, have different players. In different yeah, positions. yeah, yeah. Um, and some pools are quite deep, and it's going to be very close. And there's a lot of guys on the bubble. I think that then means you have to be in a position where you're playing constant minutes and you're making the most of the opportunity of those opportunities. Yeah, that's where I feel like in the goalkeeper situation for the United States. I feel like most of the other rosters been will get their minutes unless you're hurt. Uh, hopefully, McKinney is fully recovered. Hopefully, Gio Reyna is fully recovered. Players like that, we can't risk. That's where it's like, do you want them to play a bunch of minutes and risk injury? Or do you want them to play, not play, and not risk injury, but then you also don't have that experience? You know what I mean? That's why at the goalkeeper yes. que- at the goalkeeper position, no question you should be playing. Injury is, like, much less likely for goalkeepers. But, like, so that's where it's like, for our goalkeepers, you want them to be playing. And that's why I wish Matt Turner would make them i don't know if he he it's yet to be determined if he's going to be starting at arsenal or not hopefully he'll be starting i'll be i don't think he'll be starting but maybe he can work his way up 
that's where it's like, do you want him to make this move now, or would you rather him make the move after post World Cup? I feel like I'd, I'd rather him make the move in January because yeah. he has to like have. I feel like there's certain positions like you can come into the midfield without really solid first team minutes, and I feel like you can make a difference because that's yeah. just like you can use your skills, you can get in there, and make a mm-hmm. difference. I don't think that's how this works. Like at the keeper, you have to be getting constant minutes. We saw yeah. that with Zach Steffen in the FA Cup semifinal, where they absolutely got destroyed by Liverpool because he missed a couple of saves because he just he hasn't been getting consistent time. Yeah. Um, and because Matt Turner has really come into his role as US keeper, he isn't getting time outside of City either. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's it's it's gonna be uh, yeah it'll be interesting seeing what happens with the goalkeepers because Ethan Horvath even uh, isn't getting the most minutes. I mean he's getting more than uh, Zach Steffen, but I don't think he's getting that many. So if Turner can find a way to get minutes at Arsenal, obviously he'll be a starter. But if he starts, I just don't want the same thing to happen to Steffen that happened. I mean that to, to happen to Turner that happened to Steffen with a big mm-hmm. Premier League club. I don't think. It will. I think Turner's going to get more playing time than Stefan, but it's still yet to be. I will say right now there are five keepers at Arsenal. Yeah. Um, One of them just came back on loan. So who knows if he will be making a move. Um, But I, I mean, I just, I thought that might be crucial because I don't think he, I think Ramsdale is going to be their number one guy. Um, I think beyond that, that's where you start to have questions. And I don't necessarily know if he is going to plug and play as the number two guy. Yeah. Um, because if you look, I'm trying to, uh, who I think their number two guy was, Bird Leno, um, a German keeper. Oh my gosh, it's totally... uh, he was their second team last year and he got a combined between the Premier League the uh, Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, he only saw eight appearances, which is less yeah, yeah. than Zach Steffen saw. So I think that that could be concerning in a way for yeah. Matt Turner. Yeah. I, I guess we'll kind of just have to wait and see uh, how that ends up with the goalkeeper situation. I feel like that's the most questions I have. I feel like a lot of the other players, besides a few, like ha- know if they're gonna make the team. I feel like Greg Berhalter has like a solid twenty-two guys in his head that he knows are for I sure don't. going to Qatar. But I feel like there's the four guys like we were talking about. Like, do, does he take an extra mi- midfielder, Mahalovic, or does he take the extra forward in Haji Wright, Ricardo Pepe, Jordan Morris? One of those. That's where, it, along with like what formation we're gonna play. That's where all of that comes into play. But we, I feel like we could kind of predict almost the starting 11 or the starting players i don't i want besides a few but okay how about we try that because i have two different things let me i want to go first okay because i feel like you either go i think you go four three three no matter what but you either go four three three you have your four in the back line of course you have the three in the midfield with two up and Adams then drops back as a defensive, as a CDM. And then you can yeah. go with MMA. And then on the di- front like line. Diamonds. Yeah. And then the front line, you go false nine. And instead of having Ferreira as that number two, or as that number nine, that's where you put Gio Reyna in. Alongside yeah. Pulisic and Wea. I think if, if Reyna can get consistent minutes at Dortmund, I think that's what you do. But yeah, right now, I think you go with something like this. You go Turner as your number one keeper. Um, your four in the back line are Robinson, Robinson, Zimmerman, Long, and Dest. Yep, that's what I have. Do you agree? Okay. Um, midfield, this is where it gets messy. <laughs> I think you go two center mids. You have mm-hmm. Adams drop back. You have McKinney go a little bit forward. So they're kind of, yeah. they're kind of staggered. Um, yeah, yeah, and I know then what you're you have Reyna playing as more of a cam up top, so it's almost okay. like more a, of a four-two-one-three, four-two, okay. a little bit. Um, and then you have the top three of Pulisic, Ferreira, 
and layoffs. Where does I personally think either you that wait, does that night. does that mean Musa does not start for you? Correct. That okay. Reina takes his spot. Okay. Because how I kind of had it laid out, I had Reina playing as one of the forwards because I feel like Reina could also play on the right wing. But I don't I don't know if that's where he'll over thrive. Reina? That's that's my thing is okay. That that's where that's where it gets confusing for me because if you want to play the uh, midfield of MMA, Musa McKinney Adams, then you can do that and have. I feel like uh, that's I, that's confusing. But for Pulisic will be on the left no matter what. I feel like we have the four in the back you- secured. It's just how what formation you want to play. But I feel like that would honestly be smart depending on how Musa's play Musa plays up until this. Depends on if he starts over Wea. I feel like if he if he starts over Wea, then you'll have the MMA midfield and then the three up top. But if he doesn't start over Wea, then you'll yeah drop Reyna in, and then play uh, Adams McKinney with Reyna as the uh, number almost almost number ten, and then Pulisic and Ferreira with Wea outright. Yeah, I mean, I really would like the opportunity. I think. I what I would want to do is I think you go with that four three three false nine. Yeah. And you have instead of her, you have Reina and then Jordan Morris is your backup nine. <laughs> um so wait, you so you would put so you'd still keep Musa in your starting eleven. Yeah, that's where and Musa then, then comes in. So but I don't put, think Musa where would you put Musa? If you, you just in the middle with McKinney. So it'd be you Musa, three, McKinney, three, four, nine. and then you drop Adams down, and then you bring Reyna yeah. as there and the, as a false nine, and then you have like two Correct. almost wingers and Pulisic and uh, Wea. Okay, that Correct. makes sense. So then you don't have a number nine, so you don't worry about Ferreira. Okay. Correct. You still then bring Ferreira and Peacock and Pepe or Ryder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and then, and then you have Aronson who can play on either the wings or in the middle. Okay. Um, even maybe a McKinney or, or Musa spot if you felt so inclined. Um, yeah. Then you can kind of go through your list, of course, and plug and play and subs as you may need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I feel like that could happen if we don't just go with the simple 4-3-3. I feel like we're going to need to do some experimentation in this next window in these next two games because I, 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 I have we played with the false nine yet? I haven't seen and hopefully Jerry Rain is back. I don't know. I know, okay. I know the generic FIFA formation for the US national <laughs> team right now is false nine. Okay. I'm not fully sure. I feel like Greg has done it once. Let me let me go through and look actually, because I can let look me, on ESPN and see the rosters. Oh okay. um, I feel like we did. Yeah. When when is the question? Against Morocco, we played uh Four three three. Yeah, how yeah. how we played against Morocco was the four in the back. Musa, I guess that's when McKinney was out. But Aaronson, I mean Adams played like more of the ten, and Pulisic, Ferreira, and Wea. But that's also since Gio Reyna was injured. So once you bring Gio Reyna back into the roster, it's kind of hard. Correct, because then he kind of takes a spot where either I don't think you can have you. I don't see a position where you can have Ferreira. Reyna and Musa, all three in the starting eleven. I just, I think, I don't, I don't see that happening. Ferreira, Wea, and Musa. Yeah. Or wait. Yeah. For no, Reyna and. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. I must have said this. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's where it's like. Conf- oh, that is that is very confusing, because I feel like Reyna would thrive more in the midfield, but you don't want to take away Musa necessarily either so that's where it's like do you just risk putting Reyna out out wide and just not starting way instead that's where it's like yeah so I think that's what we've kind of figured out is if you want to start Musa Wea and Reyna then you can't have Ferreira starting as your number nine correct so what one of those four players is gonna have to be sitting back behind and like not starting. And I think it depends on how many minutes Reyna is receiving and what sort of form yeah, he yeah. is in. Because I think Ferreira right now is in possible MVP form in the MLS. Yeah, no, yeah, you're like correct. he's in contention. And if he can continue on this route and possibly, you know, make a playoff something, 
um, which right now Dallas is kind of in a position for that. Mm -hmm. He can then roll straight into camp and be in a fantastic position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Walker Thurman and all the other MLS players are. But I, I think if he, you know, starts to fade in September and October, I think that's where you then start to toy with maybe going false nine, taking him out. And even if Reyna isn't getting constant minutes and doesn't look like he's in the best form he's ever been in, mm -hmm. I feel like I'd be okay plugging Aronson in there and yeah. saying Aronson can go in that false nine position. Um, and you just have Reyna and Morris and all of your other number nine options to just back him up and play in those three forward positions. Yeah, no, that, uh, that it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Kind of now that I've looked more into it, there's definitely some, there's different ways you can do a roster. Obviously, obvious thing is 4-3-3, but then that takes away some of the possible players as well. So it should be interesting to kind of see how that ends up. I feel like that is more of a question of, like the formation and where players are going to play and where you're going to plug them in is more of a question with, because it could also change throughout the tournament. It's not necessarily going to be a false nine every single game. You could play a four, three, three, one game, right. come back in with a false nine, uh, depending on the team you're playing. So I feel like that is going to be very interesting to see how that ends up during world cup. I feel like it's something we should experiment with during this next window. And yeah, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how it ends up. Okay, I think one more thing before we end. Yeah. Um, there's only two matches that we have left remaining before we head off to Qatar. We play Wales um, at high noon mountain time on <laughs> November 21st. Only two oh, yeah. games, uh, both in Europe against Asian competition because yeah. the Nations League. Um, <laughs> their own glorified friendlies. There's the Japan match. And yeah. Saudi Arabia, both World Cup teams, um, yep. both teams that I think are, you know, maybe Decent. not exactly perfectly on our level. I think we should be better Decent than both of them, but, but they are yeah. solid. I, yeah, I heard something. I was listening to another podcast actually earlier, and uh, they're talking about how, like, this, this is kind of weird for the United States to play two Asian teams as friendlies before because we're used to playing either Central American teams or South American teams I kind of as a tune-up, you know, getting like the teams mm -hmm. like Ecuador. Like, I feel like we've played Ecuador 20 million times, you know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's good that we're playing, like kind of expanding to, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm definitely happy that we're getting world cup teams that we're playing. I think so. so even though um, they're not top tier world cup teams, like Saudi Arabia is obviously arguably one of the worst teams in the world cup, but I feel like, Either way, it's going to be interesting to see, and I feel like it will be good for this team kind of to show where we're at. Saudi Arabia in, is the 53rd ranked team in the, in the FIFA, rankings. FIFA rankings, which you can argue the legitimacy of those all yeah. you want. Um, that would make them, I believe, the second worst team in the World Cup field. Only okay. above the 60th ranked Ghana. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I feel like either way, it, it will be a good World Cup too. Either. And Japan is the second best Asian team at 24, okay. which puts them uh, right below Iran, actually, um, and above Poland, Ukraine, Korea, Nigeria, who didn't make it, but, you know, they're still solid. Um, Austria other teams okay okay uh yeah i will do another i feel like we should come back say end of october do another one of these prediction videos after like right before the rosters are announced you know and yeah I'll, I'll i'll save this i'll i'll probably come back through and listen to this actually before and see what we thought and see kind of because there could be injuries there could be players like oh yeah they're definitely starting you know what i mean things like that so mm -hmm. we'll come back and do this again before the world cup starts but as of right now thank you guys for all tuning in to this week's episode and we hope you enjoyed and we'll see you guys next week